I want you to join me, if you would, please, in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter number one. For those of you that are expecting tonight, because we read Revelation, that we're going to jump off in the deep end of the pool, you're probably not further from the truth. Couldn't be any further from the truth. I've asked the Lord to speak to us. I believe that he will. I believe that he has. Something good is getting ready to happen. Hallelujah. Something good is getting ready to happen. I want everybody to just let out a big sigh of relief. If you made it through the day and you've made it to the house of God. And everything the devil tried to do to keep you from getting here, it didn't work. You're here. And God's going to honor your faithfulness. He's going to bless you for it tonight. I feel like God's going to line somebody up tonight with some intentional purpose. That you're going to come to a level of sacrifice in your life that's no longer haphazard and just random acts of sacrifice unto the Lord. That you're going to become very intentional about sacrificing your life and God is going to elevate that and take you to a completely different level and dimension and you will be a walking living breathing testimony that it is literally impossible to outgive God you can write it down as a prophecy if you want to God's about to rest some things on this church sister Watson testify sister Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes. Praise God. Five days. Quick work. Wow. I believe it. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 1. Thank you for sharing that with us. My faith has increased. Hallelujah. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant. John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. The time is at hand. Verse number eight, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. There can only be one. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha. Omega, the first and the last, and what you see, write it in a book. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and behind me I heard a voice, hallelujah, in the Spirit, I heard a voice. 
want you to look at somebody close to you tonight and tell them we need to be in the spirit. We need to be in the spirit. God's getting ready to work in here. Before I preach tonight, we're going to have a word of prayer. The gift of faith is going to be released. Brother Boyard is in great need of a touch from the hand of God. I heard from Sister Boyard this evening, and he was too weak to even walk today in the hospital. But I'm believing that it's 735 on Wednesday night. The angels that have been listening in this house are going to be dispatched. And healing virtue is going to flow. And to build your faith on this prayer, I want to tell you that Sister Bingham was sent home tonight just before church. We give God great praise for that. I hope and pray she's watching tonight. Amen. Would you just extend your faith and your hearts towards heaven right now? Let's call our dear brother before the Lord Jesus. I plead the blood of Calvary over Brother Leo Boyard right now. I pray, Almighty God, that strength would be dispatched from this house directly from the glory world to your servant, Lord. Raise him up off that bed and do a miracle, Father. You'll receive the glory. You'll receive the glory, and we thank you for it, great God. Sulabai Yandalabasatabahai. You'll receive the glory, great God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Go ahead and lift him up. I feel him in the house right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus forever and ever and ever. Praise God. You may be seated. I want to be in the Spirit. We are admonished throughout the Scripture by the Apostle Paul and others that we would walk in the Spirit, that we would pray in the Spirit, that we would war in the Spirit. But there is a difference in praying in the Spirit and being in the Spirit. There are some folk that pray until they talk in tongues and then say that they're in the Spirit. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're in the Spirit. It means that you're praying in the Spirit with the help of the Spirit. It means that you're praying perhaps with a different language than you would normally pray in English. There are times that you'll pray in the Spirit and you won't even say a word. The Bible said that when you don't know what to speak, the Spirit itself will make intercession for you. And that you will pray with groanings which cannot be uttered. So there is praying in the Spirit. There is Warring in the Spirit. And I believe that those two coincide. I believe that when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. So that you have bragging rights to say you speak with other tongues. I believe there's more to this Holy Ghost thing than just being a tongue talker. I believe that as a Spirit-filled child of God. That I have prayed down things in the spirit that I didn't even know I had prayed down. I believe I've knocked things down out of the atmosphere that I didn't even know were in the atmosphere. I believe that I've prayed doors open in the spirit that I didn't even know God was opening. I believe that we've moved mountains by praying in the spirit that we hadn't even got of darkness. That we're trying to destroy and disrupt while The Jewish people were sleeping in their bed. It is the will of God for us to war in the spirit and pray over Jerusalem. It is the will of God for us to pray and war in the spirit over your marriage. It is the will of God for us to war in the spirit over our children. It is the will of God 
for us to war in the spirit over this church. I wouldn't go to a church that I wasn't willing to fight for. Let me just tell you something that's really cool. If you'll war for a church, you won't gripe about it. It's hard to gripe about a church that you've been praying for and warring in the spirit. It's really hard to gripe about folks that you've been praying for and praying over and speaking faith over and believing God to touch them. Feel a little chord struck right there. It's easy to get your mind dismantled and disfigured and messed up when you're idle. The old saying is that an idle mind is a devil's workshop. It's also a good place for carnal people to live. You know what I found? People that war in the spirit have a big, big difficulty being carnal. Because they still get convicted about things. It's awful tight from the starting block tonight. It's the will of God for us to be a people that war in the spirit. But there is a difference in warring in the spirit and being in the spirit. There's also a vast difference that we must understand than the Spirit being in us and us being in the Spirit. When the Spirit is in me, that means I've been filled with it. But when I am in the Spirit, it means that I'm working and functioning on a different level Outside of what I could do under my own power. It is the desire of your Messiah and Savior. To elevate you to be seated with him in heavenly places. But you cannot be in heavenly places with an earthly mind at work. If you're going to be in heavenly places and seated with him. You've got to get in the spirit. I'm going to take just a minute right here. Pastor, I don't know that I've ever been in the Spirit. Well, I'm going to be very, very frank with you. And this is not a negative or derogatory statement. There's not a lot of folks that are anymore. I I don't mean that ugly whatsoever. But there's not a lot of people that know what it's what it's all about to be in the Spirit anymore. Because you can't be in the spirit and in the flesh at the same time. Woo-wee. We're going to get there in just a minute. It's difficult to reconcile everything in the carnal mind and then declare that you're in the spirit. When you're in the spirit, you see things that you would not understand with your carnal mind. Now, I'm going to throw some terms at you that if you're under 40, you may not have ever heard before, okay? Somebody say, Terry. That is not the name of a person. It is a biblical term from the book of Acts. That they obeyed God and went to Jerusalem and, hey, that's what I'm talking about. They tarried. Back before iPhones were the going thing and everybody had a smartphone in their pocket, tarrying was a little bit easier. Before every household had a TV, it was a little easier to tarry. But now, we don't have any reason to tarry because we're satisfied with the news we get from this earth. And we wonder why we hadn't heard any news from heaven. 
But it's because we're satisfied with all the news we're getting down here. Oh, my, my. We live in this old world, but we're not of this old world. That's why I'm really not just super crazy concerned about what CNN or Fox News has to say about what's going to happen in America. Because they are not my primary news source. My primary news source is what is the Spirit saying about the church right now? The news says that our politicians are going to play a role in how things unfold. My news says I know who sets up and tears down. My news says I've seen in the scripture the Lord raise up an evil man as a king. But allow the children of God to find favor with that evil man. And allow them to walk out of the exile that they were in in order to build a temple for the house of God. I'm declaring to you tonight that I really don't care. And I don't want this sound, I think you need to do the right thing, go vote. But my religion is not based on my vote. And if the guy I want don't get in, I'm still going to have revival. It's not real popular, is it? It's because that's the world we're connected to. It's hilarious. I don't think politics have any place in the church. And you know that pastor guards our pulpit very carefully. But I could lose an entire congregation by getting up here and telling you one thing that the Spirit has revealed to me about your favorite politician, and you'd lose me. You'd walk off. You'd check out for the rest of the service. Because we're bought in to everything that's happening in this old world. You know what I'm battling right now? I'm battling the spirits of the flesh from this old world that we've drug in here tonight. We are so connected to the things of this world that it's really hard for us to imagine what it's like to tarry in the Holy Ghost. There was a time that all night prayer meetings were not just to sleep over at the church. You got my back tonight. I have conversations with people often, and I've been trying to work on it. Brother Stephen, Brother Jordan, some of them have pushed me to get this finished and been dragging my feet on it. I want to get a resource out to people and put it in their hands to help them pray because I have conversations with people all the time that come up to me and say, Brother St. Clair, how in the world do you pray for an hour or more? And honestly, that's very difficult for people who will spend two or three hours in front of a movie. But have difficulty connecting in the spirit. We need God to baptize the 21st century church with an old-fashioned baptism of anguish. That we don't spend our entire prayer time for an hour asking God. Brother Von, Mor- Brother Von Morton said like this. He said, some of us spend all of our time praying at things instead of praying through things. We're spending trying to figure out how to get enough of a list to pray for an hour. That's because we're praying in the flesh. But if we'll start being led by the Spirit of God and tarrying until we pray in the Holy Ghost, we're going to begin to pray through some things that we used to just throw prayer darts at. I'm believing and releasing in this church right now in the Holy Ghost that God is about to baptize some of you precious folks with the power of intercession like you have never seen. 
I'm releasing it over you tonight in the name of Jesus. That God is going to begin to move some of you into long seasons of prayer like you've never seen. But the first step is you've got to disconnect from this world if you're going to connect with that world. I'm going to tell you right now in the Holy Ghost, some of you are getting ready to enter into seasons of prayer that when you finally come out and pick your watch up because you didn't take it in the closet with you, when you pick your phone up for the first time because you didn't bring it in with you, you're going to look at your phone and think, an hour, what's an hour? I just spent three hours in the presence of God. Come on, somebody. How do you how do you how do you do that? How do you what are we gonna do? Oh, Pastor, what man, how do how do we do that? How do people get so spiritual that they only pray three hours? You got that backwards. You don't get so spiritual that you pray more. You pray more so that you get more spiritual. We are a movement of people. That talk about prayer more than any other movement in the world. I was saying this last weekend at a rally that I was preaching that we've got the world network of prayer. And we've got United Prayer Group. And we've got Prayer Warriors International United. Man, we got all these prayer warrior groups. And it's it's amazing. Sign up to be on our prayer list. And we'll subscribe to an email. And we get an email, open it up for the prayer warriors list, read the list, delete the email, and never pray. Oh, my, my. Because it's just another piece of mail that's connected. It's no telling what that last email was you read before you read the prayer network email. It matters what you subscribe to. Y'all can't see it right now, but I'm, I'm boring a big auger up here tonight. I'm tilling some stuff up in this place. You can't see it right now. You're wondering what, I, what I'm doing, why I'm not spitting to the fifth row. God's about to awaken the sleeping giant in this church. Bishop saw it the other night and prophesied it. I'm declaring it in the name of Jesus. That in the not-so-distant future... God is going to begin to move in this church and we will have 24-hour prayer shifts and chains 365 days a year in this church right here. It's on the way. It's happening. And here's what I want to tell you right now. We may never have a choir, and I'm not against this, but we may never have a choir that goes on TV because our choir is so awesome. But we will have a choir full of people that are on a 24-hour prayer chain, and they've been so filled with unction and anointing. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm working through it right here. I feel like I'm trying to walk in a swimming pool full of jello. You ever tried to swim in jello? I hadn't, but they say it's impossible. If we don't teach our children to pray for more than praying over their food, we're not going to raise up a generation of prayer warriors. You know why I believe in the power of prayer? Because I would go to bed hearing my mother pray. And I'd wake up in the morning hearing my mother pray. My dad and I'd go to the church late at night. We'd play basketball. It happened. Right there in that prayer room, we'd play basketball. But we also go to the church late at night and we'd pray and talk to God. Have angelic visitations. Have miracles happen. Have homeless people stop by the church and pray them through the Holy Ghost. Have drunk people come in, get baptized, drunk as Cooter Brown, and come up out of that water completely, completely sober. So what are you getting at, Pastor? Here's what I'm getting at. John was in a terrible place. I've preached about Patmos in, in the not-so-distant 
past. I, I preached about it just a few weeks ago. But I want to mention to you that John was in a bad place. John had just been boiled in oil. Then they took him and put him in exile because the Romans had a double jeopardy that if they didn't successfully kill somebody during their crucifixion or whatever it was, that they could not try to kill them the same way. It was a historical thing that you can read as you go back and understand. I know it's hard for you to grab hold of this, but there may have been a little bit of scruple at least in the way that the Romans killed somebody. If it didn't work the first time, they wouldn't do it the same way a second time. And so they said, well, since we can't kill him, we're just going to take him out to Patmos. And we'll exile him out there and leave him there. Now, I want to tell you that when John was sitting out there at Patmos, he wasn't a good-looking, olive-skinned, dark-headed rascal. He was a man that was blistered from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. He had chunks of hair missing. His arms looked like they had been through a meat grinder. You ever taken a piece of chicken and thrown it into... Hot oil turns brown in about three minutes. That's what John's skin looked like. He had been boiled in oil, but it wasn't successful. And they put him out there on Patmos where there was no shade trees. Made him lay out in the scorching hot sun. All blistered up, all burned up, and the sun beating down on him. Somebody say, that's awful. But on the Lord's day, whatever that was, You'll find a lot of argument about it. Some say, well, it was most certainly the Sabbath day. But no other time in Scripture is the Sabbath day called the Lord's day. Some said, well, it's for sure Sunday because we know that's the Lord's day. I don't know about that either. But I can tell you this much. Whatever day it was, it became the Lord's day because John made up his mind that my present circumstances are not going to keep me from being in the spirit. Boiled in oil. Exiled to Patmos. But God in the spirit on the Lord's day. I'm telling you, you can be going through hell on earth, but get in the spirit. You know what we need some folks to do is quit telling God how bad their Patmos is and start getting in the spirit. I'm in the spirit. I'm going through it. Pastor, I've been through it. It's been awful. My family's been through it. And so I'm just going to tell God today how bad it's been. You know what? If anybody had a right to gripe, it was John Boy. But John said, it doesn't matter to me if I'm at Patmos or if I'm in the temple or I'm in the synagogue at Ephesus that I pastored. I don't know how that we would verify this completely, but some say that, that John was overseer of 100,000 or more. But there wasn't 100,000 around at Patmos. So the first thing is your present circumstances can't stop you. And the second thing is the people that are with you or not with you can't stop you. If you want to get in the Spirit... You can get in the spirit. You can get yourself to a place. Doesn't matter where you're at or who's been around or what's been going on. Or if you're in the synagogue or the house of God or an aisle called Patmos. If you want to get in the presence of God, you can get there. You can get there. In the Spirit is written four times specifically in the book of Revelation. So let me talk to you about this. John gets in the Spirit in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. And he said, behind me, when I got in the Spirit, I heard... A voice. Somebody shout, a voice. He heard a voice. And the voice was that of assurance and confirmation that even though you are not with your family and even though you are not with your church family, you are not alone, John. 
You may be going through the trial of your life, John, but you are not alone. He said, I heard a voice behind me, and immediately the voice identified himself and said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. He said, I'm the God of where you've been, and I'm the God of where you're going. So the first thing that happened when he got in the spirit is he heard a voice. And when he heard the voice, in verse 12, he said, I turned to see the voice that spake to me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Wouldn't you like to jump off of that tonight? In the midst of the seven candlesticks, now, My eyes need a little adjustment here. Can somebody read that next word for me? Okay, I'm just making sure I'm seeing that right. Seven candlesticks, but one like unto the Son of Man. He was clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about with the paps of a golden girdle. Verse 14, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like undefined brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Why in the world, while John is on exile in Patmos, did God let him hear a voice when he got in the Spirit? It's because it was a voice of identification in Daniel chapter 7 and verse number 9. There is a story that John was all familiar with. It was the story of Daniel and his prophetic vision. And John had been taught about it and had taught about Daniel for a lifetime. And Daniel said, I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like the pure wool and his throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as a burning fire. When the voice spoke to John, he said, that's somebody I recognize. It was a voice of confirmation that you are not alone, but the God of Daniel is the son of man. Daniel said, I saw the ancient of days. John said, Daniel may have seen the ancient of days, but to me, I know him as the son of man. It is a voice that reveals to us the familiarity of that voice, that spirit, that ever-present help in the time of trouble. But John said, if you're in trouble and you can get in the spirit, there will be a voice that will minister to you in the depths of despair. I've come to preach to somebody tonight that's in the midst of the worst trial you've ever been in in your life. Get in the spirit. There is a voice. I can't believe that kind of a promise. And you'd sit there like you've been baptized in pickle juice. You're letting your patmos determine your praise. You say, I don't care if I'm on patmos or not. I'm getting in the spirit. And when he got in the spirit, he heard a voice. Revelation chapter 4. And verse number two is the very next time that John mentions, and immediately, I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne. He said, if you'll get in the Spirit, you'll hear a voice 
The next time he got in the spirit, there was a throne. And the one that spoke as a voice was seated on the throne. So the very first voice that he hears is the voice of recognition and confirmation that I am who I say I am. But the throne is the proof of where he dwells. He is not a God that is confined to this earth. He is not a God that is stuck in your Patmos. But he is a God that sits high and looks low. And he knows right where you are. Stay with me right here. Let me help you with your faith a little bit. John said, I saw a throne. And there was on that throne one. But he was sitting down. See it, right? I was in the spirit. And I saw a throne. And he that sat. I got to think about this today, and I was like, God, I can't imagine being where John was, going through what he went through. And I got to Revelation 4 and 2, and the Lord just kind of spoke to him, and he said, I had it in control. He said what John was going through wasn't even enough to make me stand up. You ain't, you ain't hearing me. He said, here I am in hell. I got in the spirit and Jesus is sitting down. Because your God is so bad and so big and so powerful that he don't even have to get up. John said, I looked up and he was, he was sitting down. Can I tell you what you're going through tonight is not even enough to make him get up. He's not worried about it. He's not intimidated over it. He's got it. He said, I got in the spirit and I heard a voice. I got in the spirit. And I saw a throne. The next time that John says anything, and I'm not here to preach the whole book of Revelation. I just want to talk to you about what happens when you get in the spirit. The next time that John gets in the spirit is in Revelation chapter 17 and verse number 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman. John said, I heard a voice, I saw a throne, and then I saw a woman. The voice let me know who he was. The throne lets me know where he dwells. But what about the woman? He said, I looked at that woman. She was a scarlet, she was sitting on a scarlet colored beast. He said that old filthy woman was full of the names of blasphemy. Sick looking. Seven heads, ten horns. We could break all that down, talk about it tonight, but I, I just want to talk to you a little bit about this. He said, I saw this woman when I got in the spirit, got carried away in the wilderness. Now, folks, this may not mean anything to you at all. But when you get in the spirit... It is such a transformational work that God is doing while in the Spirit. This is what I've got to get down in your soul tonight. Where was John? Patmos? The Spirit. He said, but I got carried away in the Spirit to the wilderness. What was Patmos? It was an island. 
John was surrounded by water. But when he got in the spirit, he was in a wilderness. Because some of you are measuring what happens in the spirit by what you see here. But John said, when I got in the spirit, it carried me away to a wilderness where work needs to be done. What I'm saying to you is, if you'll get in the spirit on this island tonight, you may have some children that are in the wilderness. Ain't nobody going to help me right here. God has the ability to let you in the spirit pray in the wilderness where your marriage is bound up. God can let you pray in the wilderness where your children are stuck. Stuck on an island, but he said, when I got in the spirit, I was in the wilderness. In the spirit, I have the ability to move from where I am. And pray over things that I can't control, even if I was there in the flesh. He said, I was carried away in the wilderness. And I saw this woman. And God begins to reveal some things in John. He's in the spirit on the Lord's day. And this woman becomes visible to him. And when he looks at her, he wonders with great admiration. And the angel of the Lord comes down and speaks to him and says, John, this woman. That you are wondering with great admiration. She is Babylon. In the spirit. John heard the voice that confirmed who he was. Saw the throne that let him know where that voice dwells. Then he saw a woman. That revealed what it was that he had been fighting. That was trying to keep him out of the spirit. It was a voice, a throne, and a woman. And the woman was so beautiful that even in the spirit, she was able to distract John. And the Holy Ghost said, John, when you're in the spirit, you cannot afford to get distracted by this woman. I need all your attention because when you're in the spirit, I'm trying to show you some things. The voice said, this is who I am. The throne said, this is where I dwell. The woman said, this is what you're fighting and she's coming down. Y'all weren't this sleepy in my office today. Somebody shout a voice. Somebody shout a throne. Somebody shout a woman. The voice is who he is. The throne is where he dwells. The woman is what you've been fighting. But the Lord lets you see that woman because he wanted you to know you're not going to fight her forever. I'm about to bring that thing down when you get in the spirit you don't have to be intimidated by that old woman of this world there is a day that's coming that that great spirit will be brought down in the earth but you gotta be in the spirit to see it I got one more. Somebody shout a voice. A throne. A woman. But what about the last time? God. 
in Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 10. John said, it carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. But this time it wasn't a voice, it wasn't a throne, and it wasn't a woman. It was a city. Through his voice, he let me know who he was. Through his throne, he let me know where he dwells. Through the woman, he let me know what I've been fighting is about to come down. But through the city, he let me know that that city I've been looking for, whose builder and maker is God, it's not that far away when you're in the spirit. I don't have time to preach a sermon about my ideas of eschatology. But I want you to understand something. John did not see heaven because it was time for the rapture. John saw heaven because he was in the spirit. John said, I may be on Patmos, but I feel a little heaven right here. I got in the spirit, and I could see a little bit of heaven right here where I'm at. Can I tell somebody tonight that in this revival meeting, God has a way of bringing heaven to where you are in this house right now. I heard a voice, I saw a throne, I saw a woman, and I saw a city. But I wouldn't have seen it if I wouldn't have been in the Spirit. Let me help you right here. Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father which art, there's the throne. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're about to destroy the woman right here. Uh Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The Lord said when you pray, I want you to pray that my will will be done in the earth like it is in heaven. But you will never see the will of God in heaven until you get in the spirit. If you'll get in the spirit, you don't have to wander through your prayer time with mediocrity wondering how in the world we should pray and why we can't pray an hour. The Lord said, if you'll get in the spirit, I'll let you see a city. And my will is revealed in the city. You know what I believe God's wanting to do in this church tonight? I believe God's wanting to get some of us in the spirit. Elder, come here and walk with me. Come over here and walk with me. God's wanting to get me and you in the spirit so that we can get a little glimpse of heaven because I want to know what the will of God is for this church in heaven because I want to see it done in the earth. And tonight when we get in the spirit, I believe we're going to see that in heaven. It's the will of God for your lost children to be saved. I believe when we get a glimpse of heaven, you're going to find out it's the will of God for your family to be free. It's the will of God. I heard a voice. I saw a throne. I saw the woman. And then I saw the city. If we'll get in the spirit tonight, we're going to see heaven on earth. In the flesh, I look at a doctor's report. But in the spirit. Yeah. 
I don't want to mess with you too bad tonight. Anybody here believe that when we get to heaven, there's going to be people with cancer walking around? Anybody believe we're going to see wheelchairs in heaven? He said, pray that my will be done in earth. Lord, what's that I'm looking at? Is that my miracle that I'm seeing? When you get in the spirit, you've got a different perspective. Because you're not looking from Patmos. You're seated in heavenly places. Look, I don't have to tell y'all tonight. God has met us these last two weeks. But if you think he's anywhere close to done, you're looking at Patmos. You're not looking at the holy city. I should not have to convince you tonight that God is able to do exceeding abundantly. What? Above? You mean above Patmos? You mean above the doctor's office? We need to get in the spirit. Because when we get in the spirit, we don't see jagged rocks, crashing waves, burned up skin. We see New Jerusalem. She's a holy city. Whose builder and maker is God. She's built four square. Walls of Jasper. While somebody's over here on Patmos saying, God, I can't give like that. I can't even pay my bills. He said, yeah, but my gates are pearl. My walls are jasper. You're looking at the bank account. I need you to get in the spirit and look at New Jerusalem. Y'all preach me to death tonight. If you're not convinced yet that God wants us to be in the spirit and to flow in a different dimension. I don't know what else to tell you, but I can guarantee you this. You'll never hear a voice, never see a throne, never see the woman, and you'll never see the city as long as you're staring at Patmos. But I'm challenging somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight to get out of your pew of Patmos and to make your way down to this altar tonight. Get in the spirit and let God show you what he wants to do in your family.